Welcome to the Meet Us in Paris podcast. I'm Zen. I'm Katharina. <laughs> I'm Kristen. You missed your cue. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Meet Us in Paris podcast, where we discuss the fine art of travel and finding out what's around the next corner. Today's destination is New Zealand, where our host, Kristen, just came back from on her honeymoon. And so we're going to let her lead on this one. And congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Um, for a lot of people, the only thing they know, and maybe even me, about New Zealand is that's where they filmed The Lord of the Rings. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Um, that's where uh, the kiwi, the fruit comes from. And yeah, the bird. The, kiwi. Well, kiwi and, bird. and the fruit. Really? Yeah. No. No? The, I can tell you more about ooh, it. Because no. I learned when I was there. there you, well, I know about the, the kiwi bird, yeah. yeah. And um, But, of course, there's a lot more. Um, New Zealand is a tiny country um, made of uh, two rather remote islands with a population of just over 4 million people, which is about the same population of Los Angeles, California. So you can imagine how um, small it is. It offers some of the most diverse environments on Earth, from beaches to rainforest to mountains. Um, And they have the second greatest... Now, we've been discussing about this back and forth. (laughs) Yeah. So The population of Polynesians. The population of Polynesians. It's the second greatest population of Polynesians, second to the United States. Um, But depending on how you measure it, it could be the largest population. Mm -hmm. We we have a combination of Samoans and Hawaiians. Mm -hmm. Um, They have the the Maori um, Mm -hmm. people. So... uh, I'll let you go look it up on Wikipedia. Um, the weather is beautiful. It's very temperate, and um, there's four distinct seasons. But it's kind of like California. It's kind of it's very moderate throughout the year. Of course, it's um, almost island-like, so it's very very mild. Of course, there's mountains where it can get rougher, but in general, it's a very beautiful place to be all time uh, all time of the year. Um, so enough with the intro. Uh, if you would please fasten your seatbelt, put your seat in the upright position, stow your folding tray, and we'll be departing in a minute. They're called goals for a reason. There's something to strive for. They require attention, and they need sweat and hard work to achieve. Do you have a career goal? At UCI Division of Continuing Education, we're here to help. With over 60 certificate programs available, we've helped over a quarter million students reach their goals, and we can help you reach yours too. Start today at ce.uci.edu. That's ce.uci.edu. So at this point, I'm going to let Kristen lead so she can tell us about her trip and why she chose New Zealand for her honeymoon. Oh. You don't know? <laughs> um, it wasn't like one distinct oh. thing. Um, we got married in December. So actually, that's not even why, but... We've done, um, my husband and I, we've done Europe and we have done some um, uh, Central America. That was uh-huh. actually where we got engaged and we wanted to go somewhere totally new. Um, but we did not want the um, the pressure of like non-English speaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We just, we, we just, just really relax. Yeah. It, could, it gets a little stressful barrier. at times. Yeah. yeah. And um, when... Uh, so I guess there were two things. When we were in Iceland, we you know, while you're there, you're looking up all these facts and stuff. And Reykjavik, which is Iceland's capital, is the northernmost capital city in the world. Mm-hmm. And we learned that the southernmost capital city in the world <laughs> is Wellington, 
which is the capital of New Zealand. And that kind of always became a like, oh, one day, you know, we have to go to Wellington just so we can say we've been to both. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, so that had kind of always been on our radar a little bit. And then because we were getting married in December and it's winter here and it's summer there, we wanted to do a Southern Hemisphere kind of trip. Mm -hmm. So um, we did a week in New Zealand and then we did a week in Tahiti in French Polynesia, which um, Mm. was kind of like halfway back. So we just put that trip together so that's kind of why we decided to go there um and then we sort of started looking up things to do after we had chosen that it wasn't really built around a specific destination first specifics later yeah yeah exactly nice yeah so 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 when we <laughs> ask me questions i haven't gone so yeah. i mean this is going to be a q a show so katharina so when should you go to new zealand Okay, I'm going to preface all this by saying that I'm definitely not an expert. <laughs> there for like a week, but I'm happy to give you my experience sure. of it, especially, you know, having just gotten recent back recently. But um, from what I understand, like you said, it can be um, pretty temperate. Mm-hmm. Um, the weather changes really fast in a day. Huh. Um, and another thing we learned um, is that New Zealand has the highest rate of skin cancer in the world because the ozone is so thin down that far south. um, The sun really gets you really fast. Um, And that brings sunscreen. Yes, which we didn't know. I think we learned it when we were there. So we were loading up on a lot of sunscreen while we were there. Um, Crazy. So it would be really cold, chilly, cloudy, and then within the next hour, really hot, like taking our jackets off. But with that being said, um, we were there in their summer and there was plenty to do and it's beautiful and it got hot. Um, but I know they have a lot of winter activities too because they have, um, you know, a lot of mountain terrains. They have Mount Cook there and I know there's like snowboarding and skiing and a lot of um, hiking and there's good winter things to do there as well. Me personally, I would go in the summer. Define I'm, hot. Yeah, hot for us. It was the kind of thing where it was probably like, low 80s but okay. the sun felt really hot when it was on Intense, you couldn't just yeah. wear your jacket and is i'm it sure humid or it, more dry like here i felt like it was more dry like hmm. here i'm sure there were humid areas um where we were at in the cities and i'm also unfortunately comparing it to tahiti where we went right afterwards oh, and wait, that no. was humid yeah no, that's yeah, a, yeah 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 <clears throat> so when i think about that i'm like oh yeah new zealand wasn't humid at all but um i'm sure there was human moments and there are humid places because it's well i mean like if you've ever been to japan or taiwan during the summer right it's just like you can take a knife and cut a hole (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to say it's definitely not like that yeah yeah but it didn't didn't sound like it was too big of a deal so no not at all Um, yeah so what where did you go what 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 places suggest that people go see um so we only did the north island Mm -hmm. um we would have loved to do the south island but there was only so much we even wanted to do and how much energy we wanted to spend you know while we're just on our honeymoon but um the capital wellington Mm -hmm. is the south end of the north island and then auckland Mm -hmm. which is kind of the big city um is the north end of the north island so we based ourselves out of Auckland, which mm-hmm. is their biggest city. Um, we did do a day trip to Wellington, mm-hmm. and we did a lot of excursions um, on the North Island. So we saw a good chunk of the North Island. Well, it's not huge. It's it? not huge, <clears throat> but yeah. it was like each of these excursions was a good two and a half, three hour sure. drive to this destination. Um, 
lot of farmland. Um, so we learned from all of our nice tour guides that um, I think dairy used to be their number one um, export. Do you know what their like number one industry is now? Can you guess? I vote movies. Number one industry? Yeah. Used to be dairy. Dairy is now two, I believe. Uh, no, you can't look it up. Cheater. Oh, no, no, I'm oh, not. Okay. <laughs> poultry? I don't know. <laughs> I know. Uh, tourism. Just imagine tourism. Oh, wow. okay. huh. It is real. I mean, which I believe it's really up and coming. A lot of people are going there now. Um, I guess that was just an aside. But um, so we went to Hobbiton, the Lord of the Rings set, um, which is so beautiful. I was. Um, almost a little ashamed at how much I loved it because it was like we're going to New Zealand we have to do this and I didn't think that I would care that much it would just kind of be cool but it was so beautiful it's so picturesque and it was like if Lord of the Rings didn't even exist you Mm -hmm. could probably just sell people on this there's a little like fairy tale village just set up in these mountains and you could go see it and it was so cute and beautiful Mm and um, the story is that Peter Jackson, when he was scoping location, he was in like a helicopter and wanted to do New Zealand because he knew it was like a very untouched area and would provide a lot of the scenes that he needed. And he happened to see this farm that looked like it was out of the way enough where you wouldn't see um, city or poles or uh, telephone lines or anything like that. So this family allowed him to build the set on their farm and they only well, built it yeah yeah i heard them i heard parts of the story keep going. keep going yeah well they only built it as a hollywood set so it was meant <clears throat> to be taken down in like a month or so so that's what happened but so many people came to their house asking to see it afterwards that they actually wrote to hollywood and said can you actually rebuild it because we can make something of this because so many people are coming to see it. So they did rebuild it in a more stable way for oh, wow. this Hobbiton. Yeah, it's for nice. the tourism. Yeah. So it's a guided tour and they actually, um, they take you on a bus. They have to take you down into the Hobbiton set. And there's a bajillion guided tours going on at the same time. So you see everyone on the different paths all over the place. <laughs> yeah. But you have your own little group and you go by. And then there are some of the little houses where, you know, there are photo ops for you. And then Bilbo's house on the hill and the tree is like the big um, show. And then they take you to the party tree and the the lawn where they had some of the, like in the first episode, the first episode movie where they do like the... Um, Bilbo's like birthday party down that field or whatever that was and um, then they also have um, the Green Dragon Inn I don't remember if that played in the movies but that's what it's called there it has to be named after something and they give you a free ale or non-alcoholic drink there and they have like hobbit clothes that you can dress up in and take pictures and stuff so that's cool you have to stand like 50 feet away so (laughs) So you look really small yeah um so it was super cute um it is a good two and a half three hour drive from auckland maybe Mm. and it's in a city called i'm Walla Wama Wama or Mata Mata. <laughs> Sorry. I Walla Walla's in Washington. What? Uh, Walla Walla Washington's a city. Uh, oh, okay. No, I did <laughs> Never mind. Um, so we did that. We went to these Waitomo glowworm caves. So I had heard about the glowworm caves because I had a friend who she did the actual caving experience where you had to do the fit test and you had to like crawl and, and then you go into these caves. And Thank goodness, because I would not have been able to do that. They have very family-friendly glowworm caves where um, 
you know, they've built stairs and handrails to go down, and then they take you in one of these little boats where they need the rope and they pull across, right. and you see like the glowworms. And um, you're not allowed to take any pictures um, because oh. apparently the bioluminescence, like even with no flash. Yeah, they wouldn't let you because I think they're too Just worried about case, someone doing yeah. it because supposedly um, if these glowworms like sense it, they save their bioluminescence to mm. lure things in. So if they sense light, then they'll shut off for like 24 hours. Oh. This is what our tour guide told us. I don't know if they were That's like intense. lying or not. And he's like, don't be the reason that, you know, everyone they should can't <laughs> see it. Um, and they, they really don't allow you to have um, cameras. But it's so cool. And they did have one area where they took us to um, – before they did the boat excursion, where they have a little of the stalactite with the glowworms on it. Wait, where what is that stalactite? Uh, it, you know, like in a cave, there's stalagmites oh, no. oh, and stalactites. Okay, stalactite which one's tight which? to the ceiling. Ah. Stalagmites oh, wow. come from the bottom. Wow. Thank you. I was going to okay. ask how I can remember that. Um, I still won't remember that. I, yeah. Um, <laughs> where they show you some of the glowworms, and you can see, because in the dark, they just look like little dots glowing um you know in the rock but they're actually they hang these long stringy like a web string down and that's what's like glowing so when you can see that it's actually quite disgusting because it just (laughs) looks like hanging not even like a spider web like it's just hanging strings of things um like glowing drool yeah, yeah, and so that was quite horrifying. So you're you're better off with the lights off and just being able to see like the blue the blue glow everywhere. Um, and this particular cave that we went to, um, you know, it was had some great acoustic features where they actually were telling us that they hold concerts there at times. Oh, how cool is that? And so famous people had performed there. I want to say someone like Rod Stewart. But it was definitely Rod Stewart-ish. She named a lot of people, and that was, you know, a lot of big names. And one that was like, oh, wow, who had performed there. And they also, they do allow weddings there, but it is on family property um, Mm. of some form of, like, Maori tribe. So it's like only they are allowed to do it. But that also happens there. It's a really pretty um, venue, I guess. So we did that. And our other big thing, we went to a Polynesian spa because they have a Mm. lot of natural... um, uh what are those called like mud baths and mm-hmm. uh geysers and things like that um heated springs I yes mean, thank you uh, hot, hot springs, springs. Hot springs. that's sort of looking for um and we went to a maori uh village very touristy in the sense that it you know it's guided and they do things for you but it was really cool because they show you a lot about their culture and um the crafts that they do and they have a whole craft school where you need to be maori to be accepted here mm-hmm. and they teach you all of their um uh, arts and crafts that they do. So a lot of like wood carvings, they make things out of um, like palm fronds kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so let's say I only have one day to go there. Like I only have 24 hours. Like In New Zealand. Layover, In New Zealand. Yeah. Or like what's like the one thing I should do? So... I mean, again, it always depends what you like, right? Because New Zealand is very outdoorsy. And so I know there's a really cool things that you could see if you want to do like Mount Cook or camping or some of those more rugged um, aspects. Um, but I'm not that kind of person. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, there's, oh man, that's such a hard question because even like, Hobbiton is one of those things where I feel like if you're in New Zealand, you have to say you went. I don't know if I would spend a day doing it, 
but one girl on our tour literally was there oh for like gosh. a day and that's what she was doing um but it was really cool to get out of the city and see some of that countryside for sure um i should also say that we liked wellington more than auckland um auckland's a bigger city it actually felt very familiar hmm. um so like an la feel or we felt at times a little bit like la it felt at times like San Francisco because it's a lot on the water. Okay. So Auckland is called the City of Sails because they have so many sailboats. Really? Yeah, they're oh, actually on cool. like an isthmus. They have um, water on either side of them. So one I think is the Pacific Ocean and the other is the Tasman Bay, if I'm remembering right. Um, so a lot of water sports and things are going on there. Um, but Wellington is a lot more like boutique super cute, little smaller. It seemed to have a little bit more flavor, whereas okay. Auckland was the bigger, like, financial area. Yeah. Um, we, you could also, if you wanted to, like, I don't know, get the most out of your 24 hours and not be sitting on a bus for six <laughs> hours round trip, Yeah. Um, they had, we went on a, a little excursion to Waiheke Island. So this is a vineyard island. So we took the ferry from the Auckland port. It's, like, half an hour and this island super cute reminded me of catalina a little bit um there's vineyards there there are beaches there are shops um and you get a little bit outside the city and getting to see um you know more of the country without having to spend all that time yeah. on a boat and of course they have great vineyards there although we learned new zealand um produces less than one percent of all the world's wine which is weird because I feel like I see it in all the stores. Yeah. Yeah. Is it like really good and that's like specialty? Or maybe they export it all just as, you know. Well, the 1%. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that answered your question, but. Um. <laughs> so if I have 24 hours there, I should jump on the ferry. <laughs> and leave. <laughs> yeah. Why? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that being said, you'd have time to see Auckland okay. and see different things. And, um, you know, we did one of the hop on, hop off day trip buses where we got to see a lot so they have the sky tower which is the largest freestanding structure in the southern hemisphere um it's essentially like a space needle (laughs) but people like bungee jump off of it and all that stuff Um, of course they had a really cool zoo um and i only say that because How, how long were you there seven days okay i was yeah. like geez you sound That's so a lot. much yeah um <laughs> but we still never made it to the southern island and i think that's even more rugged than the north island but i'll never know because i have there. to go back yeah um the zoo it wasn't unlike other zoos it was super cute because it's a little smaller it reminded me of the san diego zoo because it felt very kind of um tropical i guess mm-hmm. hmm. but much smaller the animals were so active Every single animal. You didn't have to search for it. It was out there. It was playing. It what was being act- It was the middle of the day. It was like noon. They're just oh. happier there, maybe. They are just happier <laughs> there. Yeah. They're um, just more chill. I guess Do they so. have like bigger cages then? or It did not seem really? no different to me than any other zoo I'd been to, but the animals were so active. I loved it. it, it just a complete side note. So yeah. I just recently took my daughter and some of her friends down to the San Diego Zoo. And mm-hmm. at the San Diego Zoo, they become very active at night or early morning or at night. But during the day, they're just boring. Sleeping. But like, <laughs> but like you know, come night, kind of dusk or something like that. You know, the polar bears are hanging out, the koalas are coming right. out and like eating. The pandas are like, hey, where's the, where's dinner and such. But like, yeah, you're right. During the day, they're kind of quiet. It's 
that's kind of interesting that these are. I don't know what it was about them. And actually, this is probably a good time to talk about the kiwi. Oh, Oh, yeah. So the yeah. So the kiwi bird. This is great. The kiwi bird is like their national everything, right? And it's native to New Zealand. And I'm Mm -hmm. assuming that's the only place it is. It is a flightless bird, and Mm -hmm. the reason is that like um, a penguin. Yeah, but it's more bird-like. Than a penguin, I feel it's got like. Curved beak. And, and it's got and feathers. Gray, right? and they have They're feathers. on my shoe polish. Oh, well, see, there you go. You, you know what I'm talking about? No. Oh, <laughs> not at all. men's shoe polish. Kiwi shoe it's polish. It's called Kiwi shoe polish. And on the front of them is. Uh, maybe, oh. but it's like, anyway, so I'm sorry. Um, no, but New Zealand was <laughs> such an isolated environment for so long, there were no predators. So these were flightless birds. And then when. Um, Europeans and others introduced all these other animals. Um, then there was a you know a crisis right. of them, but they never had to grow wings because they existed in this environment where there were no other predators, oh, which is crazy. Cute. So they are nocturnal, and so a lot of places you go, the zoo included, obviously they have kiwi houses. So there are other places you can go to like just go to a kiwi house, and they are reverse time, right? So um, <clears throat> during our day, it's pitch black in there so that they're out and active oh okay yeah and then you know during our nighttime they turn on the lights so they sleep but so the idea is that you can go during the day to see active kiwis um and the houses are pitch black you have to sit in there for 10 minutes before your eyes adjust um and despite all of this we still never saw a kiwi we waited so long yeah um but not enough coffee that day (laughs) yeah Kiwi is like everything, right? Like they name everything kiwi, and we learned Maybe kiwis about. Kiwis are a myth; they don't exist. No, I saw one on a on a, on a TV screen. <laughs> like like Australian drop bears. Do you know about those? What's that? An Australian drop bear. It's a kangaroo. No, I'm going to tell you this story. So it was it fits into travel nicely because I was in Vienna at a hostel having dinner with a bunch of people from all around the world, and the Australian wanted to tell the rest of us about Australian drop bears. And they were telling us how they just sit in the trees, and when you walk by, they'll just drop on you, and they're very vicious drop bear. They're very vicious. They're very mean. They're whatever. It's a lie. It's a national (laughs) joke on everybody else. So tourists freak out when yes. they're walking under trees. Yes. And it's wow. like they it's like an inside joke with all of Australia <laughs> to funny. tell everybody about the drop bears. That's oh really my funny. So I thought you were referencing the god. Kiwi being like the New Zealand that drop maybe, bear. I no. Don't know. Okay. <laughs> no, they oh do exist. Oh my god, that is hysterical. Really yeah. Funny. And when I found that out, I was like, wow, I totally fell for that. <laughs> But we anyways. need to make up something as Americans. Yeah, we need our own version of this. Yeah, we'll, we'll think of one <laughs> yeah. in the future. Uh. I don't know. So um, the kiwi fruit was originally known as the Chinese... This gooseberry. Gooseberry, <laughs> yes. And it wasn't until New Zealand, they were one of the biggest exporters of these to the United States and referred to them as kiwis because it was from New Zealand and they referred to themselves as kiwis. And that slowly became the name. Of oh, kiwis, funny. but they were Chinese gooseberries. Yeah, yeah. I had also had heard it was actually being marketers. Um, the guy was like, "No one's going to buy something called a Chinese gooseberry." Berry. And since they had the, they kind of look like a kiwi that they have fur like on yeah. a kiwi. Oh. That, that's so. I mean, I'm sure it's it a combination of the two. <laughs> <clears throat> I think that's a combination of the two. Yeah, it could be. So, did you actually, when you're traveling out there, did you have to do a lot of work? To, like, does there visa work or anything like that? Or you had to get a permit? Or I don't know. Like so, this days? was actually the least amount of work I ever had to do. And I'm going to tell <clears> you <throat> why. So, 
Um, I can only obviously speak for United States, knowing right. that um, did not need a visa for under 90 days, which is, you know, the typical, oh, typical yeah. Yeah, yeah, everywhere. What was upsetting was that they apparently do not do passport stamps at all anymore. Really? So, well, okay. They, for a lot of countries, U.S. included, our passports have the biometric yeah. um, passports, or they're like from certain countries. They just do automatic readers there and even when we were leaving i was looking in the line where you know people who didn't have these passports and they were going with those um with the actual person who Uh was checking their passports there was no stamps being issued and i was trying to look it up i saw that they took away stamps for new zealanders and australians i didn't see anything about removing stamps completely but neither my husband nor i saw a single person get a stamp in their passport so I think they're just doing it in their computer and not worrying about the passport itself. You know, I have I used to make it a point of pride of yeah, having all yeah. those stamps Everyone's in the back done. of my passport. Who doesn't? Who I mean, doesn't? <clears throat> I mean, I got yeah, all my old stamp. passports yeah. and just like you're looking at it, it's like, damn it, I didn't fill this one. Because you know you can get the extra yeah. pages and stuff like that. And, yeah. <clears throat> oh, that's... Well, that stinks. Well, at least we did get a stamp in Tahiti, so something marked our trip, I guess. Because <laughs> I even count. feel like when you're coming back in the United States, they, they even... ask you, like, where did you go? Yeah, but don't they oh, stamp it coming back to show... Yeah, it shows that well, you're re-entering. Well, the they yeah. shouldn't... U.S. shouldn't be stamping your own passport. Yeah, I did do. I did get one in Denver once. Do you get it every time? Yeah. Oh, I never get it. I never. I feel like wait, they wait. okay. They don't stamp our passports, but they you do stamp the re-entry. That paper. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's the what they're stamping. The, I, yeah, the re-entry that, form. Yeah, or whatever. The yes. You know, I also have all those thingy. random pieces mm-hmm. of paper that are taped in the back of my um, passport oh. from different countries, and like. Do I need this still? You know. And you know what? I made the mistake. One was on the back <clears throat> of my passport, and uh-huh. I took it off, and it was so sticky. My uh-huh. passport still has a sticky residue oh, no. on the back of it. I should have just left that stupid sticker on. Lawyer fluid. Goop <laughs> off will take. I'm gonna end up like burning my whole. Yeah. Thank you. I will do that. That's safer than the burning. Yeah. yeah. Nail okay. polish remover. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And you felt pretty safe there absolutely 100 percent. i will say and at this it's gonna bring down this podcast so much um when we arrived there the country was mourning because there was um a british backpacker who was about 23 who had Mm. just been murdered there um i'm so ashamed of myself that i can't remember her name um but she had just been killed like a week before. She had met up with a guy, a New Zealand guy from a dating app. They finally oh, met up and no. they ended up finding her body later. So it was very, oh my really sad. Um, and of course, we hear this just as we're getting there. And we're like, wait, are we okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, we we just assumed it was fine. And it really, we did feel completely safe. And everyone was very friendly otherwise. But that was really horrible. Scary. And it's just a reminder that anywhere you it go, whether you, anywhere. you it's think common. it's safe or yeah. you think it's not safe, you still need to... The world's a dangerous yeah. place. Yeah. 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 Well, it says something about a country when a whole country mourns over, yeah, you that's know, true. The, you know, it just said, you know, like if something happens. Grace Mullane. That was so. her name. Grace Mullane. Yeah. And it was, it was so <clears throat> nice because there were a lot of demonstrations, not demonstrations, but like, you know, like the vigils that we were seeing and um, they're their prime minister somebody issued a statement you know saying we apologize like this woman you know to her family your daughter should have been yeah. safe here and she wasn't and we that. take responsibility that. and wow that's yeah, really nice really moving yeah so um that was really sad but otherwise yeah we felt very safe and um because i think most of their 
Western tourists are Australian. Mm -hmm. They were like really excited to see some (laughs) Americans and talk to us a little bit. But we also saw quite a few Americans, so I didn't feel like we were that rare. But um, I think Australians have a little bit of a close. Yeah, Yeah. and their neighbors. I think they like you know like to make fun of each other and stuff. Yeah, like it's all Australians, you know. Yeah. So exactly, totally cool. So. What what if I get a souvenir? What do I need to bring back? That's typical. A kiwi. <laughs> a kiwi. A kiwi. Yeah. Anything um, interesting that like that so stands out culturally? Yeah, or? they had um, you know when you go to these souvenir shops anywhere, they always um, advertise this certain kind of honey, and I can't remember what it is. And we were like, oh, I guess this honey is really good. So expensive, like three hundred dollars. Three hundred dollars, like this little bottle. Oh, um, it it's a specific kind of honey from New Zealand, and they make all kinds of products with it, including straight honey. And we were like, yeah, we can't do that. Manuka honey. Manuka honey. Yes. I had yes. heard about this stuff. Yeah, but which we had not before we had been there. Well, I mean, just because I've been looking into New Zealand, and it's just mm-hmm. like, what is? Why Manuka would honey. what? Yeah. You know, it looks like on a bunch of top ten lists. It's like, how you know, like you, oh, go visit Hobbiton and go yeah. do, go see a, uh, like go see a um, rugby match. Go see mm-hmm. and get some honey. It's like, yeah. what? What's the honey <laughs> What's about? Yeah, yeah, it's <clears throat> a big thing. Um, and you know, they're got a lot of Maori um, inspired trinkets and things like that too um, but otherwise it felt pretty you know got all the postcards the keychains the magnets oh, yeah um, you need that all that typical stuff but I would say that Manuka honey was a big thing that was very New Zealand specific I'm kind of curious now yeah hmm. unfortunately we <laughs> couldn't afford to shell out to try it but whatever <laughs> ironically the champagne honey I got from the royal palace in Sweden was like 10 bucks but whatever that's really funny <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. yeah when you were there did you get to see the haka performance um so i don't know if it was haka specifically but at the maori um village that we went mm-hmm. to they do they do like um they take you into the like the community building and um they do a whole like greeting ceremony and and everything and they do some performances um i don't remember if it was specifically haka but they do a whole range of them and they even did like interactive ones where all the men were supposed to go up and learn how to do a lot of these dances it had to have been the haka because they were explaining how (laughs) you should be using all muscles like in your face and all this stuff yeah it was really cool Um, i just love seeing it before a rugby match or like jason momo the actor yeah um, like every premiere he's going to he brings out like a small troop and they're doing the haka Haka, before the (laughs) it was so cool it was really cool to see and have them like explain a little bit about it and right yeah yeah all right last one i think how about was there any i i you know what i always say that um you learn about a culture through its foods was there (laughs) anything that seemed would be unusual or something that's specific to new zealand (laughs) that you know or is Um, it like all bread and toasters you know yeah, so everything felt very Western. Mm-hmm. Even like they have such great um, uh, influence there from all their immigrant populations. Uh-huh. So much great food, Thai food, Chinese food, um, Indian food, sushi, everything. Um, I didn't see anything New Zealand specific. Hmm. Except, except the honey. Well, yeah, except the, the honey. honey. Um, and... 
this ice cream called Hokey Pokey. Hokey Pokey. And we we were at the grocery store. Um, uh-huh. And I am obsessed with ice cream, by the way. And so I was looking, and I saw, and it just said a New Zealand favorite. So I was uh-huh. like, oh, we're going to take this. We had it. We loved it. Well, then on one of our tours, on the Hobbiton one, on the way back, the tour guide was like, oh, if everyone wants, we could stop at this ice cream place, whatever. And she's like, you have to try the Hokey Pokey. That's like the New Zealand thing. So I was like, uh-huh. oh, it's like a big <laughs> thing. Um, so good. It's like vanilla, but then also it's like caramel and toffee bits. Um, and it's like a mm. very – they're – very proud of it over there and it was mm. pretty good but every, everything else was very what you might expect in like a western place okay. I guess no, I, was just I did wondering. see some Vegemite but I know yeah. it's Australian so yeah but you know what I mean it's just mm-hmm. like you know Marmite what did, you know like I was just wondering if mm. there's something something specific. yeah um, not that I can recall <clears throat> the Hokey Pokey was the only thing <laughs> okay yeah um yeah, it was a great time. It was beautiful. We need to do the South Island next. It was really cool because you have these like Western city feels in the big cities. It's also this lush tropical place with mm-hmm. um, really cool birds and trees. You really feel like you're somewhere else. And then these rugged farmlands that are so picturesque. Um, and we were lucky while we were there because they have a specific tree and I asked what it was and she couldn't remember and I've been meaning to look it up <laughs> but they do call it the New Zealand Christmas tree because it only blooms in December Aww. and it's like it's like the red spiny bloom with like little yellow huh. like yeah. balls on the end which is really cool so we happen so to be there for like that season Christmas balls so it already right? has like ornaments yeah. yeah exactly that's cute um, natural so ornaments nice. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, very so, cute yeah. and they're um, their currency is the New Zealand dollar uh, while we were there, it was about, I think, 70 cents New Zealand dollar to a U.S. US dollar. dollar. And I mm-hmm. did. Um, I loved their coins because they have really cool designs on them, like some Maori-inspired art and stuff. And then their $5 bill has a penguin on it. So oh I saved that one. I love penguins. <laughs> That's so cute. Which their penguins, I think, only live on the South Island, yeah. which was a bummer because I wish I could have seen them. Next trip. Now you have a reason to go. That's what I would say. It's like, don't see everything because now you have a reason to go back. Yeah. Well, it's funny because my husband and I, we have all these places we want to go, but then I'm also like, yeah, but we still have to go back to that one place and do that. Like, everywhere we've been, we have to go back for some reason, too. So, yeah, but the second or third visit is always so. It's special because, you know, like, the first time you go, it's like you want to see everything. Yeah. Yeah. The second Everything's time, it's like quick. more pinpoint. It's like, I know what I right, want to do now. Right, right, right. So. You your bearings a little bit more, know what's yeah. going on. Yeah, totally. So Awesome. All right. Yeah. Got to go. Well, I yes, guess I think that's it. I mean, we'll we'll call it then. Okay. Uh, well, that's it for today. If you liked our podcast, please share it with your friends. Also, before we uh, go, once again, we'd like to give a big thank you to our amazing sponsor, the University of California, Irvine, which provides continuing education and professional courses. Um, Please find us. We are at ce.uci.edu. Once again, ce.uci.edu. We have all sorts of great new things coming up. You're going to find that we're starting to do i believe wine courses and we are also going to be doing some um courses on cinema Mm -hmm. so amongst professional certifications as well so check us out once again thanks for listening and tuning in and we will see you next time Bye. Bye. bye